1: Our very special guest, Patrick Martin, has been a pioneer in artificial intelligence and virtual reality since the 1980s when he secured two million venture finance as a college student. His team from Oxford and University College London created The Robo Show, a rudimentary AI project which became a media sensation Across the United Kingdom and Europe, Patrick pioneered virtual reality editing for Sony for the 1996 Olympics in Atlanta featuring a 300-foot screen, and he was sponsored by Intel for the Intel Super Screen in Moscow in 1998. In the 2000s, Patrick evolved the world of A.I., driven search engine optimization and founded 3D SEO with his team of Google application developers. Patrick is a certified Google partner and successful investor in AI startups. And Carol, I understand that Patrick works for From the Heart, and he's also managing a YouTube channel for you.
0: Yes, Claire, that's right. We're really happy to work with Patrick, and I want to share him and his expertise with our listeners. So thank you for joining us, Patrick. No, well, uh, it's my pleasure. Good. We're going to have some fun and learn something, because we want to know how to use Chad GPT, because it has tons of benefits for filmmakers and entrepreneurs. Um, So right now, I use it for research, thanks to what you've shown me. But in fact, Patrick, uh, I can ask for tips from Carol Dane about pitching your film, and it will give me a list. So I think it's exciting. I know that we're all worried about how many jobs AI will take, but the fact is that there are so many benefits, and we need to learn how to use it, to enhance our jobs to keep our jobs so that's the plan so let's get started and talk to us about how we can use chat gpt uh, on youtube
2: well youtube is a particularly useful way to use chat gpt because you can use the functions of chat gpt in A very important number of ways and there's going to be a sort of cheat sheet on the uh, um, uh, from the heart productions uh, blog post so many of the things here you know uh, you can you can read about and, 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 and use so the first and the most important thing that most people in the film business want to be able to do if for example you're making a documentary is to get the transcript of what has been said and let's assume for argument's sake, you know, this used to take quite a long time. You used to have to listen to it and then just write it down till you know that whatever had been said had been noted. We don't have to do that anymore. Now there's a system called Otter, that's O W T E R. AI, that is 99.9% accurate, especially if you train it, meaning that you give it, you know, a lot of the same speaking voice that will provide you with a complete transcript just by uploading, you know, the video. So now you've got a transcript that's extremely accurate. Once you've got an accurate transcript and it hasn't taken very long, and it's, you know, not an expensive service, that's about $18 a month, something of that nature, you can then take that transcript and off to go to GPT, chat GPT, that is. And, you know, we recommend that you get yourself a. Uh, a paid account, it's only 20 bucks a month, but that gives you access to both four and three point five. What's the difference between the two? Three point five um, is it's a bit like a, 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 a regular horse, and then GPT four is, is like a racehorse. <laughs> you know, it, it goes faster and and it, and it wins more races. But if you don't know how to ride a horse, don't jump onto a you know on a racehorse first. Yeah. It'll okay. probably go backwards, yeah? So the key here is that if you use 3.5, which is very, very good to start off with, you'll be faced with what's called a prompt engine. And the prompt engine is a very important thing because what it's doing is it's not just going to give you a simple sequence of answers like Google. No. What it's going to do over here is it's actually going to do work, real work. And what is that work? Well, one of the things that we want to be able to do when we have a transcript is to put the transcript into GPT-4. That's right. Just cut and paste, put the transcript into GPT, chat GPT, and then ask chat GPT to provide a set of long-tailed keywords. Now, if you don't know what a long tail keyword is, it's just a combination of keywords. It's just a fancy way of saying, Well, you know, here's a sentence with two or three keywords in it. And generally speaking, eighty to ninety percent of search is governed by the long tail, meaning there's lots more variations of combinations of keywords than there are single keywords, and that the great majority of traffic comes from long tail keywords. So it's a very important term to understand and, and use. So if we look at GPT, we can put the transcript into GPT, and then we can say, look, give us the long-tailed keywords. And then GPT will then spew out 15 short sentences of long-tailed keywords. Now, let's assume for argument's sake that we can cut and paste those long tail keywords And then what we're going to do is we're not just going to use GPT-4. And we're not just going to use GPT-4 once. And in this illustrative example, what we're really doing is called multi-prompting. That means start by doing one thing, obtain a result. We've taken an audio tape, and now we have text of a transcript. We then take that transcript, from the AI, because that's Otter AI. They specialize in transcripts. And off we go to GPT-4, which is much more of a large language model. We won't go into the details of that. There's lots that have been written about large language models that everybody can read. We go into GPT, and we put in the transcript. Now we've got 15 long-tail keyword combinations. And let's assume for argument's sake, we can cut and paste those. Now what we're doing is we're going to get another artificial intelligence. And this one is one that anybody that's on YouTube should be using, because they're pretty much a monopolist on this. They've got all the data, and they're called Vid, V-I-D-I-Q. Now VidIQ is a different type of AI. It's an AI that is looking at all the data that is flying around in YouTube, and it's saying, well, We've got access to all of this data, and we can tell what keywords are highly competitive. For example, you know, um, movie making is a highly competitive keyword that has four, five hundred thousand people looking for it, um, and you know, it's extremely high competition. So the likelihood you know, they're ever getting top position is virtually zero and you'll be on page 96 uh, you know sort of with no traffic. if on the other hand you ask for terms that are less competitive for argument's sake film funding for documentaries you happen to be making a documentary so therefore you're looking for film funding for a documentary well there we see there's not that many people looking maybe two or three thousand but the amount of competition, meaning the number of people that are competing with you for that particular term, is low. Aha! Well, that's important to know, isn't it? So now you can take the results of the GPT-4 that that has given you all the long-tail keywords that are associated with the transcript, and you can put them into vidIQ and test which of those keywords are effectively low competition with a reasonable amount of traffic. Well, that's a human intelligence using artificial intelligence to speed up work that is likely to produce a good result because what you're really interested in doing is connecting with people that have very specific interests. And the narrower the interest is defined specifically to, for example, a funding for a documentary maker, the better it is that Google, with its understanding of what is effectively YouTube, which is owned by Google, different algorithm, because they're interested in other things other than just sending you to the right video. But leaving that aside for the moment, if you have a good guide to all of the various keywords within your area of interest that are then being put through a secondary AI that's giving you where is the low-lying group, where are the low-competition uh, keywords that I can actually get a top three, top five position and really get some traffic for people that are interested in what I am doing, bang, these are the keywords, Then you use your human intelligence to make the best use of that information to create a title of your work. And let's assume the argument is that what we're interested in doing over here is we're interested in documentary filmmaking funding and all the variations of that. And then we take that title and we put the title and the transcript into gpt4 again and why are we doing that and the reason for that is that we want to generate two important pieces of information the first piece of information that we want to do, uh, uh, uh uh find is the description of what is this video about and so therefore the transcript and the title combine will allow GPT-4 or 3.5 to write a description of the video. Secondly, it will also be asked to put the chapters together, meaning the number of segments within the video that are, for argument's sake, scene two, three, four, five, or whatever, where you know, there's a change of scene, and it'll do that as well. So now we have all of that information, which would normally take six or seven hours and it's taking about two hours to do. And so from that point of view, or three hours to do, the importance of using ChatGPT is to do specific functions for specific activities that have a lot of contextual information so that the result is really useful. And that's by, you know, way of what is called now prompt engineering, asking very specific questions in theories to get very important information as far as answers are concerned. And the second thing that you can also do, of course, is when it comes to video, which is a separate issue completely, you can use E, which is uh, 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 E, to create images From prompt, so you can say, you know, uh, provide me with a fairy tale house of a hobbit um, using, you know, uh, oak tree as an example of uh, a hobbit living in an oak tree, and it'll produce a hobbit in an oak tree for you. Now, there's other operations with AI that will then take that hobbit in a oak tree and do the mouth movements of speaking for, you know. 10 or 15 seconds, reasonably realistically, you know, just sort of Disney standards of, of talking with a, what I would call a locked-off shot, a, a, you know, in, a, no moving uh, cameras, just a locked-off shot, somebody facing camera or a hobbit facing camera, and it's going to say, hello, I'm a hobbit that lives in, in New Zealand, and then you put in the text, and then the hobbit will say, I'm a hobbit that lives in New Zealand. And those are the technologies that are also extremely useful in certain important categories such as news releases and all of the various things where avatars are now being used by the BBC, Microsoft, everybody else. So all of these types of technologies are using traditional skills. You have to be able to construct a meaningful, important title for your video. Once you've got the information about what is likely to be the low lying fruit, but if you haven't got an English, uh, uh, you know, uh, an understanding you know, uh, of, of English as a native speaker, you're probably not going to be able to write a very good title. So using your existing skills as a screenwriter or as a as a, a editor or as a you know a designer, all of these tools are now available to. Speed up the work and and to produce a a quality of work that's much higher uh, with much less time
0: all right well Patrick I want you to I wanted to learn more let's go back to this Dolly one because Uh, yeah uh, I listened to uh, Voyan who calls himself the father of Pixar and he said he talked about Dolly one and how to use it and he said Dolly two uh, would be faster uh, they he said it took him a year to create that but Dolly 2 mm-hmm. would be maybe six more months and would have it uh, mm-hmm. and that people
2: could create their own videos <laughs> with this well yes to a certain extent I'll tell simply what we've already tried to do so for argument's sake I as you know I'm working with uh, 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 Basil Moore who's a filmmaker that we both know, and he has a character um, with a Planet Glees, which is a movie about a, a sort of utopian world in a sort of sci-fi environment. So I just went had a look at the various outputs of various fashion nutcases in um, uh, uh, Instagram, and they have a, uh-huh. a, a, a page called AI underscore fashion underscore NY New York and it has so Wait, of the wait, most
0: say that again Patrick, I, what was AI, AI underscore what?
2: Underscore fashion underscore NY New York. So okay. what this is, is this is, a, this is a hashtag for a specific group of people that are really interested in producing AI-based fashion which is very outrageous and, of course, doesn't cost very much because, quite simply, you can just put various prompts in and various source material to reference and then out pops stuff that, you know, Helmut Newton would put in a book if it was 30 years ago, um, you know, and get paid a fortune for because the the composition is perfect, you know. It's avondam quality fashion photography. You know what I mean? Vogue stuff, yeah. And, 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 and some of the stuff is completely outrageous, you know, uh, things that r- look very futuristic. So I just selected a couple, and then I took that and I put it into DAO-E, and it gave me variations on that theme. So now I've taken something that somebody spent quite a long time producing with AI with various prompts, and they came up with a really stunning image that I thought, oh, this is good, but I don't want to use that that particular stunning image, I'd rather see a variation of it. And so I took a variation of it by basically putting it into Dolly and saying make variations, and I found a variation I personally liked, which was very similar but completely different. It was a different face, okay? And then I took that and put that into another AI program, which takes photographs, and most people have seen this. They've seen, you know, the Mona Lisa singing or whatever it is, so you can take a photograph and you can put that photograph into their system and then you put a short phrase in there and it'll talk. So that's exactly what I did. I took the, I took the Dali image, which was a, a variation of uh, an image that i found on Instagram but was completely unique and different to the original image from which it was originally, shall I say, extracted and transformed. And then I took that image and put that into i can't remember the name but there's about four or five of these things which turn photographs into talking you know uh, and uh it, it talked and so from that point of view you know it's saying a promotional blah for the film of the planet glee's which i then sent the and i said have a look at this one here's three or four choose which, whichever one you like because at the end of the day he wants to you know further that particular movie with a short, uh, you know, 20, 30-second uh, you know, illustration of what the people on the planet Glees actually looked like and found like. You know, and we found a voice that was a very interesting Irish voice that gave the whole thing a sort of, um, you know, uh, Lord of, not Lord of the Rings, uh, uh, a fantasy sort of Irish uh, feel, you know, from these various new fantasies that are coming out and people are getting very excited about. So from that point of view, we now got a character that is speaking um, that is largely completely composed of, you know, uh, uh, AI. Wow.
0: Wow. I and can, you I can have, send and you it's, a copy uh, of that. It, yes, I would love to see it. And it's uh, otherworldly, out of this, something girly out of this world, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, because we've basically taken a pretty out-of-this-world sort of fashion face which, you know, just to describe it, you know, and you'll probably be able to, be able to see it and go off to, uh, you know, the blog page of from the heart, and we'll leave it there so people will be able to see it. Um, and what it's doing is, first of all, somebody created a great image. Um, we made a variation of it. The variation was then animated uh, to speak. And then, you know, it speaks for 20 seconds, and that's it. Now, can you make a whole movie like that at the moment? No. But probably in around but about a year you would.
0: this is what Avoyan said is coming, and this is what he oh, said yeah. to get ready for. Because oh, he absolutely. said, forget the green screen. You don't need that. We're going no. to give you background, characters, dialogue. Uh, he, and he showed us uh, – this is uh, – um, I paid for – Uh, can to stream into the house so I could see him in in a conference on AI and what's coming. And then he explained to us that all of this you can create. He showed us a video, Patrick, that was a drawing by a child. So he put the video into AI and all of the characters this child drew came alive and started talking and Uh, there was a story, and they created a story, and it became a film, and that's
2: the future, he said. Oh, absolutely. Well, what's going to happen pretty fast is that everybody's going to have two of AI. There's going to be personal AI, which is everything that you ever do from the time you are born, is going to be recorded by an AI. It's like a doppelganger of you. And it knows everything that's ever happened to you. It's private and it's, you know, editable by you, but it's almost like your doppelganger. But the key here is when we pass, nobody will be able to tell the difference between the doppelganger and the original. <laughs>
0: So you'll always be around, <laughs> even the well, mother-in-law you way, want
2: to get you,
0: rid of, you can't, she's here forever, right?
2: <laughs> well, be, it, because it's got your voice, it's got uh-huh. your image, it knows how you make decisions, it's been with you since the day you were born. Wow, so, that's
0: incredible.
2: Well, no, 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 that's right now. Oh, Absolutely, right now there's a, a fellow that was talking to Jordan Peterson about this very subject about three weeks ago. And, you know, we'll put that in the notes on the blog. The key really is that the intermediation between publicly available AIs, you know, those that check your bank account and make sure that you're not a fraudulent person, this, that, and the other, and your personal AI and your personal security are all concentric rings which are effectively... Your digital skin. That means everybody now, because their intermediate device is their smartphone. You know, you pay your bills with your smartphone. You check a restaurant with your smartphone. You call your friends. You find things, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So you're already using it, and to a certain extent, it's using you because if you don't know what the product is, then you are the product, and that's what's been happening for the last 20 years with Google basically hoovering up vast amounts of data that they then sell to advertisers, and that's why they became the biggest advertising agency in the world. Most people think of Google as a search engine. No, no, no. It's, it's an ad agency cleverly disguised as a search engine. That's what it is. Everybody's interested in Google, but Google's only interested in itself because the more times you look at Google the more money they make. And so from that point of view, yes, they give you lots of free stuff, and it has been something that AI has been used on you, on everyone that's listening to this show, for the last 10, 15 years. They have been using AI to gather as much data on human beings that are using their system as is humanly possible, so they can sell it to advertisers. So, you know, if everybody's worried about the government and, you know, having information on you well. That's not, I'm not worried about that at all, you know, because that's Google's business, not the government's business. Government's business is to make the trains work. You know, Google's business is to sell you stuff. There's lots more money in selling you stuff than there is in making the trains work. That's why Google is the most powerful organization on the Internet, you know, and combined with Apple, with a smartphone, they are the big tech, you know, barons. But now the democratization of data has begun and now the big boys are being forced to give up their data so to a certain extent the work that we do is allowing businesses like yourself and other businesses that we work with to harvest their own data from google which google actually allows you to to get so then you can use that data to make your business or your activity or your school or your university or whatever it is better because it will tell you how many people found you by searching on the map? Oh, I didn't know the map was so important. Oh, yeah, well, a lot of people look at the map. They don't look at search. And so all of these variations of how people found you, what did they do? Did they come to you with a train? Did they come to you, uh, you know, with a plane? Did they come to you by driving? And how did they get there? And what did they do when they arrived? And so on and so forth. All that data is available. But every business, every school, every university can collect that data from Google very few do but those that do tend to excel
0: okay well let's get back to uh, let's go back to chat GBT, which is the beginning I yes. think that's what we let's start everyone with that what you've given us is incredible information thank you very much uh, it was easy to understand and I, I know our listeners will want to hear this again and and get the blog and if you go to from the heart Productions dot com, and look under blogs, then you would find the art of film funding, where this will be housed as a, a recording. And then when you look under Carol Dean blogs, you'll find a, a short blog. Uh, three-page blog that will give you some of the important issues written out. And the links
2: and the links so that you'll be able to use the links that are on the blog to get your work done, whether it's, you know, you want a, I mean, we have a page called gpt4more.com and you can go there and there's loads of free prompts uh, for anything that you can possibly imagine Um, and it's perfectly free. Uh, and, and there'll be a guide on uh, from the heart, and, and and that's the key, you know. Jump in and and, and experiment. That's that's what it's uh, that's what it's there for.
1: Yes.
0: Now, um, your website, Patrick, is https colon backslash backslash focus dot net, and that's, that's where correct. you'll find this section called Learn from Chat GPT. Yes. Uh, GPT4More.com so you click on yep. that and then you get into chat but let's just uh, go, uh, do the ABCs here because sure. what you have online says learn from chat GPT explain clearly uh, yep. you, you can tell chat to explain clearly or explain uniquely or yep. explain detailed I mean these seem like very strange requests so what's the difference Whoa. between
2: this? Yes, that's a very good question, and, and and the reason for that is context. If you provide ChatGPT with the correct context, so for example, we have a description that is seven hundred words uh, about a service. Let's say the service is, um, you know, uh, uh, an advertising agency, for one of the better word but we've only got two or 300 words that we really want to use and we want to get straight to the point. So in this way we can go to ChatGPT and we could say for argument's sake take these words about this advertising agency and write it in a way that a 7-year-old will be able to understand. Well, What ChatGPT then will do is it will take whatever the concepts are that are in this blah and it will try and make it so that a seven-year-old will be able to understand it. Because the context of having a seven-year-old when it's being rewritten is the key to the result that you're actually looking for. So the more you can specify the context of the answer to the question or the job that you're looking to do the more accurately and the more usefully the answer that comes back is likely to be if that makes sense yeah okay you've got to be able to put and what these new um uh uh their their um extensions for chrome So when you go after ChatGPT, you'll be asked, you know, you want to spend money, you've got to spend 20 bucks a month. Well, assume you have. The second stage to do is to look at all of the various Chrome extensions, and the extensions will allow you to do what's called multi-prompting because there's a whole massive, mad group of people that are just prompt engineers and they're creating all these different prompts for everything from microbiology to you know, ancient roman history to whatever the hell I, you know it's just madness and what they're <laughs> doing is yeah but it's true it is madness i mean and, and they're and they're rated by the uh, extension as to how popular their various their various prompts are and there's prompts for absolutely everything you can possibly imagine accounting uh you know statistics uh you know uh, physiology Medicine—it it, it, just—it boggles the mind. Every conceivable area of human endeavor that you can possibly imagine, someone's writing a prompt about it. You know, it's just, just like you know, from zero to a hundred million in six weeks, and now there's a there's a whole ecosystem around the world that is mushrooming at this you know hyper speed of people that are thinking, wow, that the, the entire corpus of human understanding and knowledge is now available to me. What do I want to ask it. You know what I mean? You know, so right. you may be interested. In. Oh, I'm really interested in what happened with the Keystone Cops in 1912. And the reason, <laughs> I, the, reason I want to know this, I'm writing a dissertation in my uh, essay about the Keystone Cops and the fact that they were not modeled on cops at all. They were models on the Pinkertons of the time, which was actually true. They were models on Pinkertons because those were the people that were chasing them for the copyright abuse that they were all about. Yes,
0: from right. One
2: right. Of, course,
0: yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah.
2: Yeah, Metro-Goldwyn and all those, <laughs> you know, Jewish boys from New York. Why do they go to California? For the sun? No. To get away from Pinkertons. <laughs>
0: yes. <laughs> Okay,
2: because they were fly swatting they were basically going from one small little city to another Showing the movie not paying any royalties and then off they went you see that was the, those were the first movies before movies were movies They were shorts, you know people would come to a tent You know the shorts would be played trains would come towards the audience all that stuff You know in the 1880s 1890s 1910s then the industry happened now what's happening is that the democratization of movie making is now spreading to artificial intelligence. And that is allowing anybody with an imagination to visualize their imagination um, with these new tools, DALI particularly, and, and GPT. But there's hundreds of them now. You know, I mean, you can just open Instagram and you'll have people shouting at you about how you can make a fortune using this or that particular piece of uh, AI technology. And to a certain extent, you know there will be an explosion of creativity but just like there was with music just because there happens to be you know mass, great uh you know machines for making all sorts of sounds you know it didn't take away the the work of the composer composers are still getting royalties and filmmakers will still be getting royalties and all of the creators will be getting royalties except that there will be a a much wider opportunity for the general public in in, in general terms to, uh, you know, to participate, which is just what's already happening with the democratization of filmmaking in, in terms of, uh, you know, these, uh, these um, you know, uh, influences, you know what I mean? Um, uh, yes. And there's now, influences for everything.
0: This is really important. This is what... Um uh, Voyan was saying we are democratizing filmmakers. You don't have to go through the no man anymore. Uh, you can't you're not going to have to worry about them. It will be so inexpensive. We're gonna charge you a little bit, he said. I think the little bit is twenty dollars a month. Everybody wants to charge you twenty bucks a month for each program. But the point is that you can make your own films and then Load them on your YouTube channel," of Orion, "and and make an income. Well, you have to have a thousand subscribers, right, on your yes. channel.
1: Yes, that's so getting correct. to
0: the thousand is uh, that's hard work, and that's what you do for people. That's how you've uh, built our YouTube channel, right?
2: Well, if people are interested in your specific subject, whatever that may well be then they will subscribe and the key is consistency so if you're for argument's sake you know uh, a sound editor or for argument's sake you're a visual effects editor or whatever it is that you specialize in in the film industry and you want to be known for and so therefore the more people that know you the more jobs you're going to get etc cetera, etc cetera, doesn't necessarily mean that you always have to have a thousand subscribers but yes it's more useful to have more subscribers and if you know something that most people don't know and you can describe it and you can say well you know i'm using this and i'm using that i'm doing this and i'm doing that and here's what i've done recently and there's an audience for whatever it is that you happen to be doing you know whether it's uh, collecting bees you know around the world and then taking photographs of each bee and then you know describing how you caught it well is there a market for that yes Beekeepers all over the world go, oh, yes, this guy's crazy. He's gone to Chile. He's gone to there. He's gone to Machu Picchu, He's caught bees from everywhere. So every beekeeper in the entire world is watching this channel. Well, that's good if whatever it is that you happen to be interested in selling to beekeepers is of interest. And that's what YouTube is. It's a, it's a hyper hive of vast numbers of specializations that many different people have. Anything that you want to know how to do, you can basically put it into YouTube. And that's very important because the 90% of the traffic that you're going to get is not going to come from search. It's going to come from suggested videos. And that's why... Explain
0: that. Suggested...
2: uh, Okay, well that's, that's that's what we're here to talk about. So, what is a suggested video? Well, first of all, let's look at what most people do when they make a video. They don't do anything other than upload it, and then they say something very, one sentence or two sentences about it, and there it remains, you know, collecting effectively, you know, digital dust until it disappears because nobody's watching it, and it gets 60 views or 50 views. Now, what's the difference between those videos that get suggested by YouTube? We first of all must understand what it is that Google is, and that is it's an ad agency, cleverly disguised as a search engine. So the cleverly disguised part of the operation is the search that everybody's interested in being at the top of. Important, but not as important as suggested videos, because if you're watching a video about, for argument's sake, beekeeping, and then there's five other videos there that are potentially also of interest to you, then the one that is suggested to you is very important. And the reason that it's important is not for you or for the person watching it. No, it's important for YouTube to keep you looking at the ads. (laughs) That's why we're here, right? To watch the ads. We're not here to do anything else other than watch the ads. Google is not concerned with the content. It's only concerned with whether the content is interesting enough to keep you watching on YouTube. And therein lies, as Shakespeare once said, the rub, okay? And what is the rub? The rub is It can only choose from people that actually understand that and have actually written enough information about the video so that it becomes one of the shortlisted for being suggested. Because only those videos that have enough information can be shortlisted for those that are suggested. If... Google doesn't understand what the video is about. How can it suggest it? It can't. And that means you need to put the information about the keywords into the transcript.
0: So we go back to what you taught us earlier in the call. Now, yeah. let's take the example that uh, we did. You helped me with, uh, we are doing a video <coughs> of, of pictures and posters mm-hmm. of 30 years of, biz- of helping filmmakers with from the heart mm-hmm. and i had written a little uh, a bit of copy so i gave it to patrick and said uh what do you think of this copy are there any keywords or long tail keywords in mm-hmm. here yeah and you came back and said oddly enough uh Nurture and support. I always say that to filmmakers. That's what we're here for. And mm-hmm. and Google liked that. So I put that first in the video. That mm-hmm. line w- was later in the copy, but I moved it to the beginning. And then um, I think filmmakers raise the consciousness of the planet with the work they do. That was in there. And Google loved raise the consciousness. So I moved that towards the
2: front. Uh, Who would have thought
0: those would be keywords?
2: Well, they're not highly popular keywords, and that's the point. You have to find them. Because the number of people that are looking for them is relatively small. But, cumulatively, there's a lot of people there. And I (laughs) said, and that's all we're interested in we're interested in, I mean if you can use a word that is not so often used but does mean the same thing then it's more than likely and you can check this yourself so anybody listening if you're interested in a specific keyword find all the variations of the keyword go off to bid IQ and then you'll see where is the low line fruit and let's assume you found the low line fruit once you've found the low-lying fruit, i.e. vidIQ or whatever it is that you're using to determine you know, the competition and the uh, frequency of uh, search, you can then look further with your own eyes, and it's easy. So you've got a bunch of keywords, such as, for argument's sake, documentary filmmakers, funding, whatever. And you then look at the top of that particular keyword, documentary film funding and what do we see here oh we see lots of old videos two years old three years old five years old what does that tell us it tells us there's no competition and we're more than likely to get a top three position because of a very important term and that's another lesson to be learned here recency okay it's a new word recency what does it mean it means when was this published? Because the only thing Google is really interested in, if you really want to succeed on them, whether you're a website, whether you're a Google business page, or whether you're a YouTube channel, but more importantly if you're a YouTube channel, is am I a consistent publisher? And being a consistent publisher means putting out a couple of videos at least a month, and some people are putting out two and three a day, but generally speaking, it's you know two or three a month or four or five a month, depending on how often. They'll be long, it can be 10 minutes, 15 minutes, but the point is that consistency builds up what we call channel authority. And what does channel authority confer? It, it confers reaching for the higher fruit. So at the beginning, you can only go for keywords that are relatively low competition and maybe not so many people looking for them. After you've got your channel authority, in whichever niche you happen to be in, you know it can be grain peaches, it can be you know uh, you know how how, how to uh, <clears throat> uh, you know how how to grow vast numbers of earthworms. It can be you know uh, children's programs. It can be whatever it is that you're interested in. Those areas acquire authority, and because they acquire authority they're more likely to be suggested in the great suggestion race of everybody's trying to get their videos suggested. So if you've got a high authority channel and you're publishing two to three times a month, then effectively your channel begins to grow. And you grow subscribers, Google has a look at that, and it says, well, you're an authority on you know, uh, earthworm production. Uh, it seems like most people that want to know anything about earthworms, they need to come to your channel. You've got a, 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 a whole comprehensive uh, area of uh, you know, everything you, you could possibly imagine about earthworms. We're going to suggest to you more often. And once that happens, then you're basically turbocharging your channel. But it's a lot of work at the beginning to get that done. And now, of course, with GPT-4 and the various AI tools that you have at your disposal, it's a l- less work but more uh, what I would call um, uh, intelligent work, work that requires higher reasoning capabilities because you have to be able to reason your way through what it is that you're trying to do using various principles that you know you can find on the From the Heart uh, uh, blog page. Once you've found those principles, then you borrow away into your niche and see who's there, how much competition is there, is it worth your time, money, and effort, to actually exploit this niche if it is you know you then follow the rules and many of those rules are already uh, widely available on vidIQ and you can go to vidIQ and and get an education on 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 how this all happens and it is something that is a bit tedious but at the the end of the day using the new tools that are available makes it a lot less tedious than it once was
0: Yes, it does, and it's also the future because if uh you look if you look at the filmmakers world um this will allow filmmakers uh, documentarians and feature filmmakers and charts to make films on subjects that have a market, even though it's a small niche market, but Absolutely. by being able to uh capitalize on the keywords and reach that audience through Google, finding them through the keywords and directing it to their audience, they can make some sort of a return on investment once they uh, get into a position to monetize the views, correct?
2: Absolutely, yes, that is true, that is true. Um, You know, the influencer business is find a niche and exploit it, and that can be anything in real terms there's if you name the niche there's somebody you know uh in that area you know whether it's children's uh you know with 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 various squidgy things you know there's people that are getting four million views uh to 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 be able to learn how to make you know sparkling slime did you know (laughs) four million people (laughs) Are interested in making sparkling slime, right? And,
0: <laughs> okay.
2: But, and the people that make the smart, the spark smart, the, the, the sparkling slime usually somewhere between eight and nine. You know, with mother there, and then there's the various items that are needed. You know, the sparkle, and then there's the making of the slime. And then there's the fashioning of the slime, and then there's pictures of people with the slime, and you know, four million people look at this. Uh, it's it's amazing. amazing. Yeah, but true. And then there's you know, uh, w- will it uh, will it will it blend? Have you heard of will it blend? No. Well, will it blend? It's every conceivable item for the last 10 years that you can possibly imagine. Vacuum cleaners, iPhones, rubber tires. It's a blending machine that somebody with a 1950s haircut and a sort of uh, overweight person comes forward with a blender, called will it blend, and then puts an iPhone into the blender and blends it. (laughs) Gosh. <laughs> every single iPhone since the very first iPhone has been blended. Not only have iPhones <laughs> been blended, every conceivable type of household item has been blended. Chests of drawers have been blended.
0: Oh my um, gosh.
2: Small cushions have been blended. Um, you know, iPhones, iPads, PCs, in carts, uh, you know, as uh, ev- and, and this guy just goes, oh, I have an iPhone over here, and this is the world's most powerful blender, and I'm going to put this iPhone in the blender. He puts the iPhone in the blender, presses blend, and says, will it blend? And,
0: <laughs> and people love it, right?
2: The company is worth $500 million.
0: Oh, Patrick. That's incredible. No no no,
2: no, 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 That's what it is. That's the only advertising they do. They don't do anything else. It's a totally Will it blend? Phenomenon. Okay. Will it blend, yeah, yeah. yeah. And a GPT
0: everything. phenomenal. Okay. Oh, my well, gosh. It's,
2: well, Patrick. it's just the business of various niches. So once you've found your niche with whatever subject you're interested in and you've seen the competition and you've got the long-tail keywords from GPT4, then you can make a decision. Am I gonna be making four videos a month on on, on these various subjects uh, that that I found out about? And if the answer to that is yes, then you have a reasonable chance because there's not a lot of competition. You've done your homework. Just like any other area of of life, the more research you do about the area that you're interested in exploiting, the more likely you are to succeed.
0: Right, okay. This is brilliant and Patrick, we're out of time, but thank you so much for all this information. And uh, let us have your uh, website again, please.
2: It's A for Apple, I for India, focus, Focus AIfocus.net. And, you know, if you just go over there, you'll just see lots of free prompts, uh, examples, free avatars, lots of free stuff. Have a look, see what you think. And if you want more information, then from the heart, Uh, Blog is the place to be and what we'll do is we'll post a lot of the links that we mentioned in the show on the blog And that will be available in a couple of days. I think is that about right?
0: Yes, that's exactly right and anyone who's interested in building your own YouTube channel. I highly recommend Patrick He knows where the long tail keywords are
2: (laughs) Well, yeah, I know I know where to look for them. It's GPT4 yes. that actually provided them. Yeah, <laughs> so there we are. But if, you, if are. you know how to, if you know how to use the tools, you're one step ahead of yeah, people that that's don't know how right. to use the tools. And that's really what life's all about. Anyway, I appreciate your recommendation. I thank you uh, for that, and uh, I look forward to you know any questions that anybody has. I'm sure that uh, you know you can post them, and um, Carol can then you know help you in the right direction. And of course, she is the uh, the mother to m- m- more movies than I uh, could say to <laughs> <a> stick up. <laughs> so there
0: we are. There we are. Thank you so
1: much, Patrick. Claire. No
2: problem. Yes,
1: I, I have to say, Patrick, I have to say that um, this was so packed full of information i'm going to have to go back and listen to this a couple more times just to take more notes and and absorb more of this that you shared thank you so much
2: gpt4 and the ai revolution that happened in november of 2022 will go down in history as one of the major events of our time i mean probably bigger than you know donald trump or the war in Ukraine, or any of those things, it'll be—it's—it's it, it, it's, it's an iPhone moment. It really is. It really is. And and, and 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 the reverberations of what has taken place in November of 22, now as we are in July of uh, 23, will, will will reverberate across the next 10 years.
0: Incredible, right? That's incredible information. Thank you for your kindness in sharing all this information. And thank you, Claire, for helping with yes. the show. Lots of good luck to everybody. And we'll see you again in the future. Look on the website, and we'll have a uh, blog for you and a link to the show. Thank you, Patrick.
2: Thank, thank, you. thank you, Claire. You're, You're welcome.
1: Okay. Be well, everyone. Goodbye.
0: Yes. Thank you.
2: Bye-bye.
1: and what insurance you can't shoot without. Available on Amazon under Carol Dean and at FromTheHeartProductions.com. I want to remind our listeners that David Rakelin is a brilliant and talented award-winning musician who scores films and can compose music for a trio or for a full orchestra. David is a very good friend to the independent filmmaker and comes highly recommended by From The Heart Productions. If you need music to help tell your story, please contact him at davidraiklin.com. That's david, R-A-I-K-L-E-N, dot com. And Carol and I want to thank you for tuning in to The Art of Film Funding. Please visit our website at fromtheheartproductions.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. Good luck with your films, everyone.